So everybody's been talking about it. Dave Meltzer mostly is the one that reported it. And a lot of people are feeling that maybe Dave Meltzer potentially may have made a big mistake. And that is the fact that he has reported that Chris Jericho, among other top AEW talent, has ensured a lot of folks that, well, CM Punk will not be returning to the company. That's right. That's according to what Dave Meltzer is uh, reporting. If I check and see, make sure I have the mic on. But, yeah. And the reason a lot of people feel that Dave Meltzer may have made a major goof here is because of the fact that Chris Jericho doesn't seem like he's the kind of guy that despite the fact that he has earned, you know, he has earned um, enough say or has earned, you know, through hard work and everything to have enough say and pull uh, behind the scenes at All Elite Wrestling, nobody believes that Chris Jericho would say something like that when he knows that bringing someone like Punk back in or keeping someone like Punk and bringing them back in when they're healed is good for business. I mean, if Chris Jericho felt that way about Punk, and although I know a decade or so makes a difference, you know, he wouldn't have done business with him back in WWE. And that's a fact. He wouldn't have. Now, why would Meltzer say this? Why would Meltzer report this? Well, we know that Chris Jericho did speak out about the fact that he among others, but mostly himself, wasn't happy with the way CM Punk had conducted himself at the media scrum for All Out. And that he indeed called Punk, you know, a uh, a cancer in the locker room. You know, a cancer that needed to be cured, if not subdued. Or basically, you know, I guess in a rant or a rage, he felt need to be uh, removed. Now, despite, you know, Chris Jericho's personal feelings about Punk after what happened with All Out, you know, and the media scrum, like everybody has said, Chris Jericho doesn't seem like he's the kind of guy that would let his personal feelings get in, get in the way of doing what's right for business. And if doing what's right for business is bringing, is allowing Punk back into do this storyline with Kenny Omega, to do this storyline with the Young Bucks, with the Elite, basically, and Hangman Page, and then maybe extend it to the likes of a Jericho and a JAS, then everybody pretty much feels that Chris would be all for it. And, you know, for Meltzer to come out and say that that's not the case, you know, why would he say it? I mean, we know that Meltzer is close friends with the Elite, there's no doubt, so... Is he just saying that because, you know, he wants to protect his friends? You know, is he throwing, you know, the wizard himself? You know, the Ayatollah of rock and roller? You know, the icon of Chris Jericho under the bus to protect the elite? We don't know. But we have to remember one other thing. Dave Meltzer works for, works or contributes to an online magazine known as The Observer keyword observer so what Meltzer is doing by reporting this is he's just reporting what he observes and by reporting what he observes he's basically whether we like it or not 
basically giving his own opinion. Like he's observing, like by observing what he's seeing and hearing, he's going off of that and saying, hey, it sounds like Chris Jericho doesn't want him back. This is what I'm hearing in everything. It's not, you know, it's not legit fact. It's just what I'm observing from what I've heard. And I think a lot of people are forgetting that because, you know, Dave has indeed in the past gotten a lot of things right. We know that. And he's also got, he's also had his share of getting a lot of things wrong. We know that as well. But I think a lot of people getting on Dave Meltzer's case right now for reporting this seem to be forgetting that he's just giving his opinion by, you know, taking what he's observed from hearing, observing from the sources given to him He's just giving an opinion of what he thinks is happening, of what he believes Chris Jericho is trying to do along with other top talent. It doesn't mean it's necessarily true. Now, I'm not sticking up for Dave Meltzer or anything because if, because if what he says is his own belief and he's trying to get others to believe it, then yeah, you know, Dave, what are you thinking by, you know, spewing that out there? What are you thinking by spewing that out there if you don't know what the real truth, you know, why are you, you know, spewing out lies? You know, that's bad for you and your reputation. And by extension, it's also bad for Tony Khan and the company. You know, because, you know, what, you know, because what Tony Khan right now is trying to do along with his team or whatever team he has assembled is he's trying to basically rebuild the dike that was destroyed uh, thanks to the media scrub that's what he's trying to do what fine sorry for that interruption there but anyway like I was saying you know what why would he you know even make these kind of a you know lies and assumptions and all that you know, because like I said, not only does it make, you know, him look bad, but by extension it makes Tony Khan look bad and makes AEW look bad. It basically brings back to where I think even JD said, um, you know, in his uh, Extra, his New Year's Day edition of Extra, OTRS uh, Extra, that basically it just brings us back to where we were previously. You know, where people looked at, you know, Tony Khan as a weak leader, not someone that's, you know, trying to rebuild the dike, as I said before uh, the interruption. You know, he's trying to rebuild things and make dynamite, you know, rampage, and by extension rampage, and even further by extension ring of honor, into what we used to know and love about it. You know, so, you know, why would he do this and say all this? And you can't tell me that TK probably ain't hearing about this, and probably thinking to himself, okay, Dave, what's the big deal? Why would you say that? You know, I'm trying to fix things. I'm, me and my team are trying to make things make things right again. Why, why would you say that? And, you know, one could assume, in my opinion, one could assume that it's mainly Dave's way of protecting his guys. Like, maybe Dave's afraid. This is my opinion. But maybe Dave's afraid of the fact that the... Uh, that CM Punk, you know, despite not being there as long as Omega and the Bucks and Page have, 
you know, maybe he's afraid that Punk might have a little bit more influence than they do. That maybe he has Tony Khan's ear a lot more than anybody else. And maybe he's worried that if CM Punk comes back, he's going to, you know, display that influence, not just visually on screen, but behind the scenes as well, to make sure every time he and FTR and anybody else that associates with him in this story, you know, against the elite, you know, come out on top. Whether it's clean, controversial or not, they always come out on top. And I think that's what he's afraid of. But because by extension, by doing, well, not extension, but by doing something like that, you know, maybe what DM is feeling and believing, if he is truth, if he does feel that this is true that he's reporting about Chris Jericho, maybe he feels that if CM Punk comes back and, like I said, displays that influence that makes him and whoever he's associated with go over the elite, that by... By doing so, it's going to make the elite look like everything Punk said they were. Children. People that are not ready for the positions that they've been put in. And stuff like that. And he doesn't want that. He doesn't want them to go through that. Or be showcased like that. Because then it will basically reverberate across you know, all wrestling. Like, yeah, the elite is exactly what everybody said they were. They're nothing more than marks for themselves. The they are their own biggest fans and they have yet to grow up and accept that you know you have to you know put people over you got to do things the right way you know and do the journey properly to get to the top and not just you know make your own company because you are too afraid to swim in the more shark infested waters or something i don't know but that's just my opinion as to why if it's true that dave believes what he reported as fact about Chris Jericho then what I just mentioned is my opinion as to why I believe he did it because I do agree that despite how Chris Jericho might feel about punk and what he did at the you know in the media after the media scrum or during the media scrum I I don't think you know I don't think Chris Jericho is that so much of a egocentric maniac that he would allow his personal feelings for the way Punk, you know, embarrassed the company to cloud his judgment on what's good for business what's good to put the you know, to put, to allow and put the company over the top, you know I don't think he would allow his egocentric, you know you know, um, pride to, you know, get in front of that, you know, because if that was the case, he wouldn't have put over Action Andretti, Action Andretti, uh, uh, the Action Andretti, if you will. He wouldn't have put over Action Andretti. Um, you know, he wouldn't have put over Claudio, you know, the way he did. You know, he wouldn't have put over Kingston. You know, if he had such of an ego, he wouldn't have done any of that. You know, despite how he might feel about each and every one of those people, he may, he, he you know, he wouldn't have done none of that. You know, Cole Cabana, he wouldn't, wouldn't have said, hey, give me Cole Cabana. He wouldn't have done that. You know, even though he said, yeah, I'm going to go over Cole Cabana, his egocentric pride wouldn't let him bring in Cole Cabana because Cole was basically the reason a lot of this is going on. So, I don't, 
So I do believe that Chris Jericho would not be the kind of person that would allow what's good for business and what could potentially put AEW over the top, even more so over WWE, than a storyline like Punk, FTR, and whoever else against the Elite and, and maybe by extension later on Jericho and the JAS. I don't think he would allow his egocentric pride, you know, to, you know, to uh, put that, you know, indefinitely on the shelf. You know, he'd... He he's a business. At the end of the day, he's a businessman, and he would do what's right for business. I mean, think about it this way: when Eric Bischoff wanted to do the NWO, and he brought in Scott Hall, he brought in Kevin Nash. Yeah, those were big. That was a big impact in its own right, and everybody was believing, even up until Great American Bash, and even afterwards, that these guys were from WWE. They were still under WWF. WWE, WWE contracts, and they were coming down to invade. Until that was kind of clarified at the Great American Bash of 96 that that wasn't the case. But still, again, people believed it, didn't believe it, and still saw them as working for Vince, being brought, being allowed to come down and try to wipe out WCW. Now, the reason I bring this up is because the original consideration for a Tunco was going to be Sting. But here's the problem. Even though Sting was a big name, you know, in, in in the uh, ranks of WCW, and him turning on WCW, you know, his home, you know, organization and joining with Hall and Nash would have been a big deal, but it wouldn't have made the impact necessary to put WCW over the top or to show that WCW was on par, you know, was equal to WWE, if not better. So that's why he. So that's why Bischoff went with Hogan. And despite the stories you might believe about Hogan kind of being reluctant at first, but then realizing, hey, this might be something, you know, in the long run, you know, as far as, you know, the history, as, as far as the historical course of pro wrestling goes in the future, you know, despite who you might believe, you know, Hogan, you know, he jumped on it. You know, he jumped on board with it, you know, despite, as I was trying to say, him being reluctant, at, reluctant of it at first. Again, despite you know, depending on what side of the story you believe on that, you know he he jumped on it. He saw the historical significance that it would in impact it was going to probably make if he was indeed the third guy. Because yeah, like I said, Sting would have made an impact, but it would have been more like a territorial regional impact than anything else. It wouldn't have made the impact that Hogan's association with Hall and Nash and the NWO. Uh, made and by doing and by Hogan jumping on board finally and uh, and allowing that to happen and making that a reality what happened for two and a half years huh what happened for two and a half years well not two and a half years but what happened for nearly two years and a year and a half what happened WCW dominated WWF you know Hogan being the one to join Hall and Nash formed the New World Order and put them over the top, and put them not just on par and equalness with WWE, but it made them surpass WWE to the point that it made WWE change its strategy and go in a more adult-centric direction, just to basically catch you know catch back up with WCW and then eventually surpass them themselves. And you know when I look at someone like Chris Jericho, I do agree that you know. 
he's the kind of guy that may not like punk personally, but he's not going to let his pride and his disdain for the person get in the way of, you know, what could be a great business decision of, you know, allowing punk to come back, associate with, you know, team up with FTR and whoever else against the elite, because by allowing that to happen, and then later on, extend, by, like I said earlier, by extension Jericho to JAS, by allowing that to happen, you could end up creating a moment that's almost on par to the Hogan, Hall, and Nash NWO situation back at, back at Bash at the Beach uh, in 1996. And I'm not talking like creating an NWO stable. No, I'm talking about a moment that will get people to tune in to Wednesday nights more so than they would Mondays and Fridays just because they want to see what's happening. It'll get people talking more about what happened on Dynamite and by extension Rampage than what's going on on Raw on Mon than on Raw and SmackDown. You see what I'm saying? So I do agree that I don't think Chris Jericho is the kind of person that would let his egotistical pride get in the way of what would be a great business move that could potentially help AEW not just get equally on par with WWE, but by by a slight margin surpass them. You know, I don't think he. I don't think he's that kind of person, despite how he might feel about, you know, CM Punk. And that's why, you know, I could see why people are upset with Dave Meltzer when he's coming out and reporting that Jericho and other top athletes are going to make sh are trying to make sure that, you know, Punk doesn't show back up. Because by doing so, you know, Dave Meltzer is making Tony Khan and the company of AEW look bad. And in a way, making Chris Jericho look bad for something that maybe he has nothing to do with. I mean, again, yeah, he did vocalize how he felt about Punk doing what he did and everything. And, you know, that's his opinion. That's that's his. Those are his feelings. Those are his opinions. Nobody's going to deny him that. But, you know, he's not the kind of person that's just going to, you know, let that, you know, let, you know, let those feelings manifest to the point that he's not going to do business when he knows the business that he could be doing or allowed to be done and then be doing himself by extension could help the company get to that next level. I mean, again, you look at the fact that they were doing stadium at the stadium show this year in the UK, you know, at the stadium, potentially at the soccer stadium of the Premier League team that the cons own back, you know, later this year, around the time the punk could already be back. I mean, imagine the business they're going to be able to do by selling out that thirty to forty, thirty thousand to forty thousand seat, you know, venue, with the headline match of Punk versus Omega, or Punk FTR, you know, Punk FTR against Omega and the Bucks, or Punk FTR and whoever else they get, against, you know, the Elite altogether. That being, you know, Omega, the Bucks, and Page. You know. Who's to say, you know, you know, who's to say that's not going to sell out? You know, who's to say that's not going to be a bit, a great business move, move in a potential major sellout overseas, and then by extension later on here in the States when they come back, if not before then? Again, I, I, I just, I just cannot see Chris Jericho not allowing that to happen. And, even in, in his thing, if what Meltzer said is true, which again a lot of people feel is not the case, it makes it sound like that Jericho's running things more so than Khan. 
I mean, yeah, yeah. Tony Khan might go to Chris Jericho, as many have pointed out, and got get his advice of like, okay, should I sign this guy? Should I do this? Should I do that? And Chris will give him his opinion, you know. But I, I just don't think Chris is the kind of person that would tell Tony Khan, no, do not allow CM Punk in here. I don't care whether or not it's good for business or you know whether is or or okay. Let me rewind that. All right. What I'm trying to say is I don't think Chris Jericho is the kind of person that would tell Tony Khan, do not let CM Punk back in here. I don't care whether or not it's good for business or it isn't. I do not want him here and neither does other, anybody else. I don't think Chris Jericho is that kind of person. I think Chris Jericho is the kind of person that's willing to put his differences with someone like CM Punk aside to do what's right for business. And if he knows, like I said, that... You know, Omega versus Punk, FTR versus the Bucks, you know, a, a blood and guts match between both sides is good for business and could help them get um, equally on par, if not slightly surpass WWE and get people talking more about what's going on on Dynamite and by extension Rampage than what's going on on Raw and SmackDown. Then I think Chris Jericho would be okay with it. And if by extension him and his group, you know, get involved in this, and that's a plus for him, you know, in the long run. That's a plus for him in the long run. So, I have to I have to look at what Dave Meltzer's saying here and reporting here. And I do have to take it with a major grain of salt. But I also have to look at it, like I said, as Dave Meltzer just doing what he's, uh, you know, he's associated with. Doing, his, doing the job of what he's associated with. He's just observing what he sees and hears. And going by that observation of what he sees and hears... He's kind of putting together what he believes is going on behind the scenes. Now, if I'm Meltzer, I will come out and I will try to clarify that. I will try to come out. If I'm Meltzer, I come out and clarify, look, you misinterpreted me. What I meant to say or what I was trying to say is this is what I feel is going on by observing what I've heard and seen. Not saying it's not saying that that's exactly what's happening, but by my own observedness. You know, of hearing, hearing and reading and seeing what's happening, that's what I believe is potentially going on, but I could be wrong. That's what he needs to do. He needs to come out and say that that's just his opinion. That's what he f believes could be going on, but he could be wrong. And if I'm Chris Jericho, I also come out and I verify whether or not what he's saying is true. If I'm Chris Jericho, I say, look, I don't know what Meltzer's talking about, but I have nothing to do with this, you know. And even come out and somewhat clarify that maybe that he would be cool with P Punk coming back because he knows, you know, a Punk FTR uh, feud with the Elite would be great business and would get people talking more about Dynamite and by extension Rampage than anything else, and that maybe by association later on it it'd be getting them talking more about you know Rampage and Dynamite again, in, you know, more so, you know, it, and as well as talking about Jericho and the JAS. You know, once they get involved. So, I, so to me, I just, I just do not see someone like CM, you know, like Chris Jericho, I should say. I just do not see someone like him, you know, coming out and saying something like this. I think, again, this is just based on what Dave Meltzer is observing from what he's heard, read, and seen. And just putting together his own opinion of what he believes could be going on, but maybe he's wrong. And that's the thing. He hasn't come out and said that it's his opinion and that he could be wrong about this. And he needs to correct himself in that department. He does. 
But let me know what your guys' thoughts are. Do you believe anything Meltzer said about this? Do you think Chris Jericho is the kind of person that would prevent it from happening? Or do you think Chris Jericho is, or do you think Meltzer is just giving his own opinion, but he hasn't stated that as such, and he needs to correct that, as I mentioned? And do you think Jericho would would be okay with this happening, knowing that it would get people talking about AEW and probably allow AEW to get on equal par, if not slightly surpass WWE, you know, in popularity and in viewership, and get people talking more about what's going on on Dynamite and Rampage than Raw and SmackDown? Do you think Jericho would be that kind of a person, knowing that even by extension he could be involved later on as well? Excuse me, what are your thoughts? Let me know down below in the comments, as well as in the live chat during the premiere. Like the video, and I'll talk to you later.